you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. We live in a time between the two comings of Jesus. The Bible teaches from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that God would provide a Messiah. He would provide a Savior for all of mankind. We see from Genesis up through the Old Testament prophets preaching and teaching of this one to come. When you come into the book of Matthew and the Gospels, we see this Savior arrives and we see the life of Jesus. And then from uh, John, at the end of John, we see uh, the Gospels ending and Christ has come, Christ has lived, Christ has died on the cross, Christ has risen from the grave, Christ has ascended uh, into heaven. And so throughout the rest of the New Testament, from the book of Acts to the book of Revelation, you have Christianity explained, but through Revelation, you have a promise of this Messiah coming again, this Jesus coming back. So we live in between two comings. I think when we hear that song we just uh, heard, we can all echo that song with a hearty amen. We want the Lord Jesus to come back. Amen. We are expecting and longing for the return of Christ because we're taught in the Bible that when Christ comes again, there is no more evil, there is no more pain, there is no more death, there is no more sin, there is no more sickness. It has forever been defeated by the returning King Jesus. And so this season we can say, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. That's the promise of God's word. You know, but can we trust it? Because we live in a world of broken promises, don't we? I mean, if you just think about it this week, who broke a promise to you just this week? Right? We've all had promises broken to us in our lifetime, but just think about even this week, who broke a promise to you? Was it a parent? Maybe a, a spouse, a teacher, a friend, a coworker? I mean, certainly not a politician, right? Right? I mean, but we live in a world of broken promises. We experience the pain of broken promises all the time, whether it's a, a little promise or a, or a big promise. We all have that. So if we live in a world of broken promises, can we really trust God in his promise? We have a promise that we're going to go over the next several weeks through the first three chapters of Matthew's gospel entitled God With Us. Uh, We have a a God who has promised to be with us, but in a world of broken promises, I want you to see over the next few weeks, you can trust God, that God is a God who keeps his promises. So if you have a Bible with you, I'm going to encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. Maybe if you have a a phone uh, that's got an app on it with the Bible, you can uh, click that app and go to Matthew chapter 1. If if you're looking for an app to maybe download on your phone, you can download the YouVersion app. Uh, that has a lot of Bible reading plans, a lot of different Bible translations on it. It's called the YouVersion app. Uh, I preach from the ESV, the English Standard Version. If you're looking for a digital Bible, you want to follow along with us. So in Matthew chapter 1, when you come to Matthew's gospel, and Matthew is right at the end of the Old Testament, it's right after the book of Malachi, you have a, a break between Malachi, the last Old Testament prophet, of 400 years of silence from God. 400 years of no word from the Lord. And think for the the Jews of that time who have been wanting this Messiah to come, 
who are now adults raised from childhood of parents teaching them over and over, the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming. 400 years of no word from the Lord of this Messiah to come. The next prophet that's going to announce the Messiah on the scene will be John the Baptist, and we'll get to him in a couple of weeks. But when you open Matthew's gospel, you see a list of names in the first 15 verses of Matthew's gospel. You see a genealogy. Uh, Now, for those of you that have worked through Bible reading plans often in your life, I know you love these type of passages when you come to them on the morning, right? I mean, you you open in the Old Testament, the New Testament, you get a list of names that morning, and you're thinking, all right, Lord, speak to me through the genealogy today. And you might, like me, go, "Why, why in the world would he write a list of names down? Why? Why do we have a list of names at the beginning of Matthew's gospel? What in the world is the point of that? I can't even pronounce half of them, let alone understand why they're here. Well, if you're wondering that question, that's a great question to ask. Thank you for asking it. Because all these names, if you read about a lot of them in the Old Testament, they they would teach you this, that God keeps his promises. And every one of them would have a story to tell you, yes, I live in a world of broken promises, and I can go over all the broken promises I've had in my life, but I can tell you of one who will keep his, and he's God. And so when we pick up into Matthew's gospel, we see in verse 1 that Matthew is out to show his Jewish audience that Jesus has the right to reign from the throne of David. And he starts in verse 1, That this book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. When he uses that word genealogy in verse 1, he's out to show you that this Jesus is the Messiah. That he is the Christ. Uh, And again, he's writing to a primarily Jewish audience. So what he's doing through the genealogy is showing you that this Jesus has the right to reign from the throne of David. Humanly speaking... We can trace his lineage back to his human birth. And just think about what he has said. The genealogy, that word genealogy, it means Genesis. So he's saying this is the beginning of Jesus. His human life, we can trace back his Genesis. So the one who was before time came into time. The one who had no beginning had a beginning. John 1, 1 says, you know, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So this Jesus, he's eternal. He's fully God. But now we see he's fully human. John 1.14 will say it this way. And the Word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Matthew is reminding you through the genealogy of Jesus, he had a beginning, a human birth. But notice he gives him a title in verse 1. He says this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're new to Christianity or maybe you're, you're new into church, you haven't been here long, uh, there is, there's some, a common mistake we can kind of make. We'll think Christ is his last name. And we'll think his, last, his full name is Jesus Christ, and that's his last name. But actually, Christ, it's a title. It's not a, it's not a name. Christ means Messiah. It means anointed one. And so Matthew's saying, this is Jesus, the Messiah. This is Jesus, the anointed one. 
He had a birth. Have you ever thought about how different the birth of Jesus is from your birth? You ever thought about that? I mean, his birth is radically different than our birth. Now, you might think, well, yeah, when born in a barn, right? And if you were born in a barn, I'm not offending you by saying that, right? I mean, if you were, hey, God bless you. Glad you were. Glad you're here, right? But I mean, his birth, yes, radically different than ours. Many of us were not born in a barn, in unsanitary conditions, right? Not wrapped in swallowing clothes, placed in a feed trough, right? Where were we born? We were born in hospitals, sterile environment, doctors and nurses all around, right? Some of you are looking at me like I'm kind of crazy, so I don't know any other scenarios in which you might have been born in, right? But, but that, that's usually where we we're, were born, right? Hospital environment. When um, Sandra was in labor with one of our boys, and I know, ladies, you guys know this, this takes a long labor time. She has one of those long, long, drawn-out labor with one of the kids. And one of the nurses says, you know, it's time to push for a little while. Can you hold one of her legs? It's like, okay. And then as she's pushing, I, I looked at the nurse and said, no, the, you know when it's showtime, showtime. I'm not holding and standing right here, right? <laughs> and the nurse looks at me, she's like, oh, yeah. I was like, because this is why I'm kind of paying you guys right now to do this. And, and, and I'll still be in the room, but I'm not going to be here when the birth happens, standing, holding the leg. I'm going to be in the chair facing the wall. <laughs> and she goes, okay, I got you. Right? So, so our birth, very different than Jesus. But it's different in this way, not just location, not just time, not just place. Jesus picked his birthday. You and I didn't pick our birthday. We just showed up, right? I mean, you, you have very little to do with your birthday. I was reminded about this. I do this every year. I, I just celebrated a birthday recently, and I'm not saying that to solicit more birthday you know, wishes from you. If that's, appreciate all the calls, texts, Facebook posts. But I have this very weird thing I do on my birthday. I will call my mom or I will post on Facebook, Dear Mom, thank you. Because 42 years ago, I showed up and you did all the work. And and it's weird to me that we kind of celebrate the anniversary of someone's birth when the mom gets left out. So mom, heads up, just thanks for all your work 42 years ago as I just showed up and you did all the work and labor. See, you and I didn't pick our day of birth. Jesus picked his. Listen to Philippians 2, 5 through 8. He said, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count it equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. So you have to understand Christ decided to leave heaven to come to this earth. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. But when the fullness of time had come, another way you could write that is in God's perfect time. God sent forth the son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive the adoption as sons. What you see Matthew showing you is that this Jesus is the long awaited Messiah. But notice also in verse one, he's showing you something else about Jesus. He shows you that Jesus fulfills all the promises given to David. It says the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ 
the son of David. Near the end of the life of David in the Old Testament, a prophet by the name of Nathan comes up to David. And he gives David a prophecy. And it's found in 2 Samuel chapter 7 in verses 12 through 13. And listen what Nathan tells David. He says, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body. I will establish his kingdom. He shall build my house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. You see two parts of that prophecy, one to be fu- that has been fulfilled, one that still is yet to be fulfilled. Notice what he says. He says, I'm, I'm bringing up a son after you. He's going to build my house that was fulfilled in Solomon, David's son. He was the one who built the temple of the Lord. But then he promises there will be one through your lineage that will rule and reign from that throne of David that will have an eternal reign. That's yet to be fulfilled in Christ. It is Christ who's coming to sit, to rule and reign from the throne of David and have that eternal kingdom. You know, that promise right there, it's still shaping history today. I mean, think about it. Every four years, we elect a president. And every time we have an election, whether it's a president or a local official or state official or, or Congress, we're, we're hoping that by electing this person that they'll do a better job than the last person. Right? And you think about it, all the countries that are around our world, no matter what kind of form of government they have, no matter who the leader is, none of those are perfect leaders in office. They don't lead perfectly. So when we look at our leaders of our governments, we all cry out, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, we need a better leader. We need a perfect leader. And all those governments all throughout history are showing us there's one to come that will rule and reign perfectly. That's why we love this promise in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time and forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of the host will do this. And so when you look at all of those names, starting in verse 2, all the way down through verse 16, all of those names are from the house in the lineage of David. And they're pointing us to the one to come again, Christ, who will fulfill all the promises given to David. See, we live in a world of broken promises, but God will keep his promise. You notice again that in verse 1, not only... Does Matthew show you he's the Messiah? That all those promises are fulfilled in David, but notice all the promises fulfilled in Abraham. Verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. You know, back in Genesis chapter 12, there's a promise that God gives. He gives it to a man by the name of Abram at the time, but his name's later changed to Abraham. He says this in Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 through 3. He says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. 
I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and them who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Can you imagine the conversation Abraham had with his wife when he got home that day from hearing that? Hey, honey, we got to pack up. Time to move. Where are we going? I have no idea. Just pack it up. God told us we're moving. Where did he tell us we're going? Don't know. He said he'd show us along the way. How long is it going to take to get there? Have no clue. What else did he tell you? Oh, he just told us that through my lineage, we're going to be blessing the nations. He's going to make through me a great nation. You think that was a fun conversation over Whataburger that night? But what have we seen throughout history? Has God made Israel a great nation? Yes. Did God give them a promised land? Yes. Is God, through the lineage of Abraham, blessing the nations now? Yes. Because what happens is in Galatians 3, 28 and 29, is the fulfillment of this. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female. For you are one in Christ and you are in Christ, then you're in Abraham's offsprings, heir to the according to the promise. See, what you have in this genealogy is more than a list of names. You see how God is bringing people from different backgrounds into the family. You even have in a Jewish genealogy of Jesus, three Gentiles in there. Let alone three Gentiles, three women, Rahab, Bathsheba, and Ruth are listed in there. What are you seeing? That this God is a God of the nations. That no matter your background, no matter your skin color, no matter your education level, no matter your economic level, when you come to Christ Jesus as your Savior, God says, you come into my family. See, when you look through all of these names, and if you took time and you read a lot of the backstory in the Old Testament, you're going to find a lot of very colorful characters here. Right? You're going to have people who are liars. You're going to have people who were adulterers in the lineage of Jesus. You're going to have people in this lineage that had no redeeming qualities. Probably their mama didn't even like them. They were so bad, right? But this is who God brings into the lineage of Christ. And when you come to Christ, this should show you, this should show you all the time, you are not too bad to be forgiven, You are not too far gone to come to God today because of who he brings into this lineage. He's showing you that that in the world of broken promises, he's a God that keeps his promises. You know, over the last several years, it's been really interesting to watch. I don't know if you've kind of picked up on this trend, uh, but, but there seems to be a resurgence of wanting to learn about your ancestries. You know, finding where your lineage is coming from. You know, and so a group called Ancestry.com, they started in 2013. And they report from 2013 to 2018, 15 million people have used their services. Isn't that crazy? I mean, just in five years, 15 million people who've used their services said, we want to know where we came from. We want to know our lineage. We want to know our heritage. You know, when you look through that heritage, you kind of probably are reminded of the saying that you can't pick your family, right? You ever heard that one? 
You don't get to check to, to you don't get a chance to pick your own family. What's interesting to me is when you look at all these names, that's who God picked to be in his family. That's who God picked to be here. And when you look at all these names this morning and, and you're sitting there thinking, what in the world does this have to do with me? Well, as a believer in Jesus Christ, these people are part of your spiritual family tree. They're your roots as believers in Jesus. These are who the roots of your, of your spiritual family tree are. Because if you're a believer in Christ, Galatians 3.28 says it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. We're all one in Christ. We're all part of Abraham's offspring. Why? Because in Abraham, Jesus fulfills all those promises of Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 through 3. I, mean, I want you to think about that this morning. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ yet, that God right now is giving you an opportunity to come into his family. That, that you're, you're not here by accident this morning, that God drew you, brought you here to say, you know what, I, I'm giving you an opportunity right now to be a part of this family, to be a part of it. Yes, is it a dysfunctional family at some points? Yes, we are all sinners saved by grace. We still mess up. We still have hurts. We still break promises to people. We still need forgiveness by Jesus. So if you're sitting here this morning thinking, I'm not perfect, I'm not like all those other perfect church people, where none of us are perfect, right? Amen? Is that okay to say? Okay, all right, good, just making sure. Heard a little more hearty amen from my right than my left, but okay, left side, I'll catch you up, right? I mean, it's just funny to me, there's times where I invite people to church, oh, I don't go to church, they're full of hypocrites. I look at them like, cool, come on, we got a seat for you, right? We got room for one more. You're good. You're welcome into the hypocritical family because we still mess up. We still sin. We promise God will never do it again. And then we do it. And the good news is that God, when we come back to him and we ask for forgiveness, we come to him, we admit our sin. God is the one that says, you're in my family. I'm going to forgive you. I love the promise of John 1, 12 through 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Who were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but by God. Today you can come into that family by coming to Christ as your Savior. By coming to Jesus and saying, I, I need you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. In a world of broken promises, God keeps his promise. What's the promise that you need to remember this morning? What's the promise you need to believe in today? I mean, for maybe some of you, it is a promise of forgiveness. You feel too far gone. You feel too far bad. You, you don't think there's no way God would let you in. Promise of the Bible. We just went over it. You come to Jesus, and he brings you into his family. I mean, for some of you, you need to believe that promise today. What about the promise of God's provision? I mean, for some of you, you need to believe that today. I mean, God says, I, I'm a God of your daily bread. And right now, you're, you're searching for a job. Or at the end of this year, you may be out of a job. Right now, you, you look at the bank account and you're like, hey, I don't know how we're going to make it next month. And today, is it the promise you need to believe in? That here's a God who says, I will provide for you and I will take care of you. Maybe it's a, a promise of presence. You know, Christmas time, it, it can be lonely for some. You can feel abandoned. You can feel alone. I mean, for, for some of you, you... You may have had to say goodbye to a spouse this year. 
And whether it's a husband or a wife, you've lost a best friend, you've lost a, a child, a coworker. For some of you in your grief, you feel alone, you, you feel abandoned. But now you can hold on to the promise that, that this is a God who is with you. This is a God who says, I, I'm Emmanuel, I am with you. And maybe this morning you need to hold on to the promise of God's presence in your life, that He has not abandoned you. He has not left you. He is with you. Because in a world of broken promises, this is a God who keeps His promise. And so what I want to do is give you an opportunity to respond right where you are this morning. And we're going to do this a little differently than we normally do. But I want to invite you just to take that connection card out. And just if everybody can just grab that, I'm going to walk you through our invitation in just a little different manner. So if you'll take that card. And if you want to put your name to this, that's, that's fine. Uh, what's going to happen is you're going to turn these cards in in a moment when we pass our offering uh, baskets after our last song. And I'm going to take these cards, and as a staff on Tuesday, we're going to pray for what you write down. And if you want to put your name, you can, that's fine. But on the back, there are some prayer needs. And maybe this morning, you want to write down your prayer need. And you could simply just even say, I want you to pray for the promise in my life that I believe in the provision of God. Or or you could say provision. You could say presence. And maybe, you know, God, right now I'm struggling with, will God provide? Will God be with me? Maybe you want to just write that down. You can simply write presence or promise. When we pray for you as a staff on Tuesday, we'll know exactly what you're talking about there. Maybe this morning there's another prayer need you want to, you want to write down, and, and you feel free to write that down. And maybe today it is that promise of being a believer in Jesus Christ that you need to say yes to. You need to say yes to the promise that God gives us That when you come to Christ by faith, you turn from your sin and you turn to Jesus, that he forgives you of your sin. And here's what God's word promises when you do that. When you come to Jesus and you ask him to be your Lord and Savior, the word of God says that he'll forgive you of your sin. That you'll have new life with God now and for all of eternity. You'll always have life with God. And one day when you die physically, that God will take you to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. And maybe this morning you need to say... I prayed today to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's what I need to do, and I'm going to lead you in that time in a moment. Or maybe today you are a believer in Christ. You haven't been baptized as a believer. You want to say, you know what, I want to be baptized as a believer in Jesus. Or I've been coming to this church for a while, and I'm ready to join Heights as a member. You take that card, and you put down what God is leading you to put down here. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we live in a world that breaks promises to us often. We've had that happen this week. Sometimes those are big promises. Sometimes they're little promises. But Lord, they're, they're painful when they happen. And so, Father, I pray you heal the pain of those broken promises that many people have experienced. Whether it's been from a spouse, a parent, a friend, a, a boss, a coworker, a neighbor, whoever it's been. And Lord, you'll remind us over and over again that You're a God who doesn't break his promises. I'm going to encourage you to continue to pray right where you are. But let me speak to those this morning that are ready to place their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that's the decision that you have to make. 
uh, that you have to make yourself. It's not a decision from anybody else. I made that decision when I was 14 years old. I started following Jesus with my life. And this morning, you can start that right where you are. If you're ready today to come to Christ as your Savior, to find forgiveness of your sin, new life with God, and the promise of heaven for all of eternity, then, then God's Word just says you call out to Him. You pray. And so I'm going to voice a prayer. And certainly it's not a prayer that does any type of saving work, but this is what's on your heart that you're just, maybe you don't know the words to say to God. You've never prayed. Or maybe you've never asked Him just to be your Savior. And so let me voice a prayer that will just guide you through that. And God knows your heart and your mind, but you can pray quietly right there with me. If you're ready today to start a relationship with Jesus, you can simply say, Dear God, today I'm ready to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Let me have new life with Jesus today. Thank you for saving me. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Father, we pray for those that may have prayed that today. We pray that we can follow up with them. We'll celebrate that with them. Help them take that next step of faith. Lord, I pray today that you have heard the prayers of those that have prayed and that are praying. Lord, thank you for being a God who keeps his promises to us in our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org slash give.